Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Fox 2 News and News 11, the power of two at 6 a.m. About 2,000 centene workers will soon be out of a job, but where? Here? When those layoffs are supposed to take effect. And a man accused of killing someone in retaliation for his sister's murder is back in court. What's expected at today's hearing? And it's really been a collective effort, and I think we showed the power of, you know, uh, worker solidarity in, in bringing these companies to the table. It's an end to the Hollywood writer's strike. What's next for WGA members and when your favorite show could return? Welcome back on this Wednesday. It is September 27th. You are watching The Power of Two at 6 a.m. I'm John Pertzborn. I'm Blair Lede. Thank you all so much for waking up with us. We're taking Ooh. a live look here at our Together Credit Union roof camera. It's a light show. We saw some, uh, well, I don't think that's lightning, but we definitely saw a lot of lightning this morning. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you look at it long enough and... <laughs> We've had plenty of lightning on that camera through the morning. In fact, our building took a little power hit. Twice. And uh, we, can't, uh, we can't move that camera now. So right. that's, what, that's the view we are, we're stuck with this morning. Heavy rain, frequent lightning, and definitely that hail at times with these storms. That has been part of the story. Oh. This is what it looked like in Gray Summit, Missouri, as the hail came pouring down along with the rain. A lot of the hail on that smaller side, dime, nickel, um, even up to quarter size, but just way too much of it coming down and coating the ground almost looking like snow at times. Now, the good news here this morning, we don't have any severe thunderstorm warnings at this time, but the main rain energy is shifting into Illinois, and it's still coming with some heavy downpours and some pockets of frequent lightning, especially from Jerseyville towards Greenville at this point in time. So back into Missouri, we still have some isolated showers. So let's be ready for wet weather at the bus stop this morning. Scattered showers, scattered thunderstorms through about 9, maybe 10 o'clock this morning. Then we'll clear out a little bit into the afternoon. That afternoon bus stop will be a drier one with a mix of clouds and sunshine and temperatures that are popping into the upper 70s, near 80 degrees. This is it for our rain chances. We'll talk about a drier extended outlook coming up in just a bit. We do have to get you going, though, here on our Wednesday morning with your real-time traffic. And with the rain this morning, we do have incidents to talk about. Quickly, a reminder that there's a reported crash on I-55 near the uh, Route M area there. Uh, so just south of the Imperial area near Barnhart. But this is the more significant area that we've been watching. A crash just to the east of Antire Road on eastbound I-44 is creating quite a backup here. Um, out ahead of 109 as you're approaching that 141 area. So eastbound drivers on I-44, we are very, very slow. Can we get that uh, MoDOT camera up for me uh, and showing that I-44 corridor? Here's what it looks like. You can see the, thank you very much. You can see the emergency vehicles on site there, uh, keeping that what looks like the uh, left-hand lane closed, drivers having to go around in the slower lanes. So again, an incident 
near Antire Road on I-44, really slowing things down. Quickly, I've got two more um, incidents I want to tell you about on the Illinois side, if we can come back to the traffic maps. One is near 157 along I-64 in St. Clair County, so approaching 255. Westbound drivers are very slow in that area. And report of a crash at 159 and 270. This is the Glen Carbon Edwardsville exit. So slow it down. Give yourself extra time this morning. Questions remain this morning about how many area employees will be impacted by Clayton-based Centene layoffs. Well, the Power of Two is Chris Renier live in Clayton this morning with what we know right now about these job cuts. Chris. Blair and John, good morning to both of you. We are just outside of the Centene headquarters here on Forsyth. A statement from the company saying some 2,000 Centene workers are being laid off. That equates to just over 3% of the company's workforce, Bomberito Automotive Group, Skyfox, over the headquarters here in Clayton. At this point, the company is not specifying how many of the workers being laid off are from here in Clayton. A published report saying that the impacted workers will be notified soon between October 2nd and October 5th, and their last day of work will be December the 8th. Centene is a managed healthcare company that offers Medicaid and Medicare health insurance plans. The company's website says Centene has more than 68,000 total employees. One possible factor in these layoffs could be that eligibility for certain pandemic-related health care coverage expired earlier this year, and that means fewer people can get that coverage. In a statement, Centene saying it did not take the decision lightly. The statement reading in part, we routinely assess our workforce to ensure we have the talent and expertise necessary to support our members and the evolving needs of our business. That statement going on to read, Centene will support impacted employees with severance packages and outplacement services consistent with our standard approach. People we spoke with here in Clayton are concerned about these layoffs. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I, I hate to hear that they're going to lose their jobs and hope they can find employment soon somewhere else. I hope it doesn't, you know, affect too many more people. Uh, 2000s, a big number. We do know that a sizable number of Centene employees work from home, and that could certainly make it a little more challenging to really get the full picture of these layoffs and the impact. We will continue to ask Centene today about how many local workers could be part of this 2000 worker layoff. For now, live in Clayton, I'm Chris Fernier. Thank you, Chris. 605 is your time right now. Well, a man accused of killing a suspect in his sister's 2020 murder is due in court today. This comes after a grand jury indicted him last week. The Power of Two's Laura Simon is live outside the Carnahan Courthouse to get you caught up on this case. Laura. Blair, 25-year-old Jacorin Riley is accused of gunning down Levi Henning, and prosecutors are calling this a case of retaliation. He is charged with first-degree murder as well as armed criminal action. We want to break down a timeline of this case for you this morning. So prosecutors charged Henning of the 2020 murder of Riley's younger sister, Cariel Doss, the Parkway West High School senior, was robbed in the head in North St. Louis. She ended up dying this past March. The St. Louis Circuit Attorney's Office dropped the case 
against Henning because of a failure to overturn evidence. And Henning had been out of jail for a little over a month when St. Louis Metropolitan Police say that Riley killed Henning is accused of shooting and killing the 21-year-old back in June near his home on Bartmer Avenue just outside of his family's home. Henning was on his way to court for a carjacking he was accused of back in 2018 where a judge ended up dismissing that case. A probable cause statement says that Riley may have known Henning had a court date of June 22nd and officers ended up arresting Riley back in Riley has been held in jail without bond ever since, but he does have a preliminary court hearing here today in the Carnahan Courthouse set for 10 this morning. Reporting live in St. Louis, I'm Laura Simon. Thank you, Laura. 607 right now. Well, a power two news follow up. There is drama surrounding the demolition of the old Jamestown Mall. Workers officially started to tear the mall down yesterday. We reported that to you then. Well, it closed in 2014 and some of the land will be converted into green space. Well, during a news conference yesterday, two political leaders, they argued over which one of them pushed for the demolition. I never had Shalanda Webb in my office. She never came to my office. I never seen her. Um, and I never was against getting $6 million for this mall. When she did not work, and in fact, worked in opposition to get Jamestown Mall prevented from being torn down to get the $6 million from the state. Well, officials say they hope to have the land cleared and ready by next summer. Another problem. We got several homes in Belleville, Illinois, were evacuated yesterday morning and grocery store Ruler Foods closed, all because of concern over abandoned coal mine subsidence. Bummerito Automotive Group Skyfox flying over that location as structural engineers assess the market. It's not clear when that store will reopen. People living in that area are assured the area was safe. Well, Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey is suing the Wentzville School District's Board of Education. He claims it left parents out of discussions about restroom and locker room access for transgender students. Bailey claims the school board violated the state's open meetings law in July when members drafted a policy in private. That draft policy defined how a transgender student could notify the district and request special restroom accommodations. Court documents say the policy stipulated parents would be notified except in rare cases determined by school staff. Well, Bailey said in part, members of the Wentzville School Board knowingly and purposefully denied parents that right when they shrouded the transgender student bathroom usage policy in secrecy, directly, directly violating the open meetings law. My office is sending the message that Missourians do not co-parent with the government. We will enforce Missouri's open meeting statute to protect parental rights. There's a Missouri judge who is rewriting the ballot wording for initiative petitions asking voters if abortion should again be legal in the state. It comes after the ruling found the language written by Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft to be problematic. The ballot summary proposed asking voters whether to allow for, in their words, dangerous, unregulated and unrestricted abortions from conception to live birth without requiring a medical license or potentially being subject to medical malpractice. And he also used language that would trigger a deep emotional response to voters because the ballot summary really is what every Missourian gets to see when they go in the ballot box to check yes or no. 
is that the judge didn't go through and compare my language to the language of the initiative petition. So we could actually see, okay, this is why you say it isn't right. Here are the arguments for why it is. Now, the judge's new summary asked voters if they want to amend the Constitution to, and here's the verbiage, establish a right to make decisions about reproductive health care, including abortion, contraceptives, with any government interference of that right presumed invalid and remove Missouri's ban on abortion. Well, Ashcroft is appealing the ruling, and the case now moves to the federal appellate court.